Hello and welcome to the Women in Revival podcast. We begin this new series tagged Marriage Matters. This is probably going to be a long, long um, season. We will probably be having up to five seasons, I believe, and five days each. But I want to encourage you to make sure you join us throughout this series, Marriage Matters. Marriages are going through a very difficult time in our time. And it's a shame that even in the church, the rate of divorce is equivalent to the rate of divorce outside the church. So the way we are divorcing each other in the church actually matches up with the way those in the world are divorcing. So that that is something to challenge us to help us sit up straight and say what is going on. So in this couple of seasons, I will be dealing with marriage matters. And I pray that if you've got married people in your life, just feel free to send them this series, call them up, chat over it, bring a few married people together to discuss this. You will find it very, very helpful. I promise you. It's going to be short, short episodes, God willing. But I believe that it will be rich enough, even though they are short. If at any point in time you need to catch up, go to our website www.okofrighteousness.co.uk. And if there's any need to contact us, again, go to that website and contact us. And also, our direct number is plus four four seven nine four four three nine eight four one five. So let's delve into uh, season this time, Marriage Matters. And on this season one, we want to look at what is marriage. I'm praying that the Lord will open your heart. You will be open to hear from God, even as we go through this particular seasons of podcast. So series number one under this season, Marriage Matters. What is marriage? First, marriage is great mystery. So under what is marriage this week, I will be dealing with marriage is great mystery. And before I read the Bible verse, I want us to quickly look at that word mystery. The Noah Webster 1828 dictionary defines mystery as a profound secret, something only known or something kept cautiously concealed and therefore exciting curiosity or wonder. Another definition says, in religion, anything in the character or attributes of God or in the economy of divine providence, which is not revealed to man. So marriage is great mystery. And the other definition says, that which is beyond human comprehension until explained what god is doing is that god bringing marriage to explain himself marriage is a great privilege it is a mystery that differs back to the trinity it is a mystery that speaks of christ and his church and we're going to see that so this definition says it is that which is beyond human comprehension until it is explained I wish Christian wives we know that God is explaining himself through Christian marriages. And he says, in this sense, mystery often conveys the idea of something awfully sublime or important. 
something that excites wonder. Another translation says, it is a trade, a calling, any mechanical occupation, which supposes skill or knowledge peculiar to those who carry it on and therefore a secret to others. So marriage is great mystery. Every Christian woman that God has allowed into marriage, God is giving you the privilege to make your marriage to explain the mystery of his kingdom. You know, sometimes when marriages are going through difficult times, I wish couples can look at it, not just through the eyes of what he did to me, what she did to me, what she's not doing, but first as a privilege that God of the universe has chosen me has chosen my spouse to display to the world a little bit of himself. That is how I see my marriage. My marriage is a platform upon which God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit displays himself, explains himself. That is why I can't tamper with my marriage. Marriage is a trust from God. It is a mystery that goes beyond the man and the woman. It is God's pedestal of explaining himself to our watching world. How do you value your marriage? Do you see your marriage from this perspective? Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 31 and 32. And I'm going to read this from the New King James Version. And I may check other translations. And it says, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. I don't know if this is saying anything to you, and I think I would love to read it from verse 30. 30 says, For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bone. Then 31, For this reason. For which reason? Because we are members of his body, because we are members of his flesh, because we are members of Jesus' bone, then a man leaves his father and his mother and then joins to his wife. Whenever I read it, this is my own interpretation. Now, the way I see it is that marriage is actually meant for God's children. That is how I see it. It is in my one body with Christ that he gives me to my husband or that he gave me my husband so that in our being joined together, he can then display the mystery that pertains to Jesus Christ and the church of God. So what God is seeking for is that when people behold your marriage, they may never have stepped into the church, but seeing your marriage tells people that actually being part of the body of Christ is great. So marriage is to help people to want to be part of your local church. Your marriage is to help people to want to be part of the body of Christ worldwide. Your marriage is part of God's plan to win people into his kingdom, to be part of his church local, to be part of his church universal. That is why whatsoever is going on in your marriage, you need God's perspective of marriage and not the world's perspective. Marriage is great mystery. A mystery that talks of Christ and his church. In time gone by, we've done a series in the past tagged Marriage is Great Mystery. 
and I want to divert your heart back to that. If you go on our website, search for marriage is great mystery and go and listen to that series and I'm sure it will be a blessing to you. And it is my prayer that from henceforth, you will see your marriage from the perspective of the fact that God is telling a parable or God is telling a story. God is seeking pedestal, a platform upon which the beauty of his church and the relationship he has with his church is displayed. Amen. Welcome back to the Women in Reviver and particularly to this new season of podcast, Marriage Matters. And we just began the fourth season, season one, which is what is marriage. And yesterday we looked at the fact that marriage is great mystery. It's not just a joining together of a man and a woman for every Christian man and woman in marriage. Marriage is an opportunity for God to tell the story of the relationship between Jesus and the body of Christ. So marriage is a great privilege. It is a trust. It is God's baby. We must not tamper with marriage. It is a lack of understanding that has caused many of us to make marriage what it is today. Divorce is high today because we are not saying that we are actually piercing the heart of God. We are hindering the plan and the purpose of God in showcasing the beauty of his love for the church and the submission of the church to him. So that is what we are doing each time we are filing for divorce, each time the enemy is promoting violence in the marriage. We are showing what is not in Christ. So if you missed yesterday's episode, on our website www.oakofrighteousness.co.uk, you will find that episode. So today I want us to go on. We want to look at what is marriage again. And today I'm talking on marriage is God's idea. Marriage is the idea of God. You may think that it was you who decided that, well, now I'm old enough to be married and the man proposed to me and then I accepted his proposal and that is it. Actually, from the very beginning, marriage was the idea of God. Marriage was not a mistake. Marriage was never an afterthought. It was part of the plan in God's heart. So when God was making humans, it wasn't a mistake that he made them male and female. Why? He had marriage in mind. He wanted to display the unity in heaven and what we will be seeing in the redemption of Christ and his church. So before I go further, I want to quickly again read the definition of idea. Marriage is God's idea. Again, the Noah Webster 1828 dictionary defines idea as that which is seen, image, model of anything in the mind, that which is held or comprehended by the understanding or intellectual faculties. Another thing, it signifies conception, thought, opinion, and even purpose or intention. So, when I say marriage is God's idea, I'm saying marriage is God's conception. Marriage is God's thought. Marriage is God's opinion. 
marriage is God's purpose, is God's intention. It wasn't the man that started marriage, neither was it the woman. It was God's idea. It was God's proposal. I don't know if that makes sense. So with that in mind, let us go and read a few verses of scriptures. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 and 21 to 24, it says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So who was speaking here? This is God. God said, It is not good for man to be alone. So that tells you, Marriage is not first your idea. It is the idea of God. It is God's conception. It was God that conceived marriage. Now, let's go to verse 21 now. Verse 21 says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and closed up the flesh in his place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. Are you saying marriage is God's idea? God put the man to sleep. God brought the rib out of the man. God made the rib into the woman and brought the woman to the man. So all that is missing in the man is found in the woman. So you see, a kind of complementing each other. So marriage is the idea of God. When your marriage is going through difficult time, who do you go to? While I thank God for marriage counselors, but how many of us first go to God? the originator of marriage and verse 23 goes on and Adam said this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh marriage is God's idea are you a married woman listening to this are you a couple, an intending couple? Maybe you are in courtship intending to go into marriage. I hope you have an understanding of what you are about to enter into. This is God's idea. This is God's purpose. Marriage is God's intention. He is the one who brought about the idea of marriage. And never should it be found that you and I, we are tampering with God's idea of marriage. I'm praying that you will see as God sees. The intention of God for marriage is that in the man and the woman becoming one, in the man and the woman being joined together, they become one. No more two, but one. God, the designer of marriage, has his idea and he put his idea in place and he gave us marriage. If your own marriage is going through any kind of challenges at this point in time, I want to direct you back to the designer of marriage, to the originator of marriage, to the architect of marriage. Go and search his mind. And maybe in doing that, it may divert your heart to somebody, to someone to talk to, then do so. Let's no longer allow the enemy to keep destroying marriages to keep nullifying God's idea of marriage. Marriage is good. Marriage is a blessing. Marriage is a gift from God. And so much we see it as a good idea from God to humanity. Amen.
Welcome back again to the Women in Revival podcast and to this new season of podcast, Marriage Matters. We started season one, What is Marriage? And we have looked at the fact that marriage is great mystery. Marriage is God's idea. And today we are going to look at what again is marriage. Marriage is the union of one man and one woman till death. And if you have missed any of these episodes, do go back to our website, okofrighteousness.co.uk. And if there's any need to contact us, the number is plus four four seven nine four four three nine eight four one five. And you can also contact us via our website. So let us go today and look at marriage is the union of one man and one woman till death. Sometimes when I'm doing marriage counseling, this is what I say to intending couples. I don't do marriage counseling to tell you, um, you know, the seven steps or this. Let's go back to the basis. So we are saying that God's intention for marriage is that it's a man and a woman and it is a union till death. So first and foremost, again, let me quickly tell you the meaning of union. The Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary says, Union is the act of joining two or more things into one and thus forming a compound body or a mixture. Another one, it says it is the coalition things, thus united. Another definition says, Union is concord, that is, it is agreement and conjunction of mind. Are you saying marriage is concord? It is the agreement and conjunction of of two minds that becomes one, of of will, of affection, or interest. I don't know whether you are saying, and it gives an example here. Happy is the family where perfect union subsists between all its members. Then it goes and says, union is the junction or united existence of spirit and matter as the union of soul and body. It also says, it is, and it says in architecture, harmony between the colors in the materials of a building. I don't know whether you are getting this. I see why Psalm 133 says how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. So marriage is the union between a man and his wife. It is the unity of a man and his wife till death. And the last one that I want to touch on is it says union is states united. So union is two people coming together to form one till death. Marriage is not meant to be a seasonal thing. That a man picks a woman today and another couple of months or years, they've dumped each other and move on and say, well, I found another partner. That is never God's intention for marriage. Remember we said yesterday that marriage is God's idea. Let's stop listening to philosophers, to therapists, that have distorted God's view of marriage. Let us go back to God's plan right from the beginning. So let's go to the book of Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 and verse 24. So Genesis 2:18 says, from the New King James, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So if you look at what I have read, it was God who said, again, it is the idea of God. And God said, man being alone is not good. God wasn't saying man wasn't good. 
but it was the aloneness that God addressed. And God said, okay, since it is in our mind to make man male and female, and we've brought the male version, now let's bring in the female version. So the female version was brought here in Genesis chapter 2. And if you look at it, the Bible says, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make a, I want you to look at that article. I will make him a, that is single. I will make him a helper. Not I am going to make him many helpers. So marriage is not meant to be a polygamous thing. Marriage is mono. It's a man and a woman. And also marriage is a union between two opposite gender. A male and a female. Not a male and male or a female and female. The biblical definition of marriage is the union between a biological male and a biological female. Now, I will move to Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. When we add topics like this, there is always a response from various people, but the truth needs to be told. So Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. Now it says, Therefore, a man shall leave his father. How many people? A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined and become in union to his wife, not wives. I don't know whether you are saying marriage is a relationship between a man and a woman. It is the union of a man and a woman. And then Romans chapter 7 verse 2 and 3 says, But the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. I don't know whether you are seeing this. Sometimes people call it, but Jesus said, if there is sexual immorality, Jesus said, but if you go back and look at other translations, and look at the nature of things in the Jewish culture then. A woman that is betrothed to a spouse is married, so to say, until the marriage day. But if the woman was found with any form of infidelity, the man has the right to leave the woman because the legal um, joining hasn't happened. So after betrothal, after the man, after the wife is betrothed to the man, the man goes back and gets himself ready to come for the wedding day. So in between the betrothing period and the marriage time, if the woman is, is caught, right, with another man, the man has a right to let her go because they haven't fully married. And to be honest, even when, let's assume that you are even married and there is a case of immorality, of infidelity between you and your husband. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. So where there is love, divorce ought not to be there. Where there is love, violence, domestic violence ought not to be there. And I think it's not even the love for each other. A marriage where there is violence, where there is domestic abuse, tells me, a marriage where the individual involved are no longer in a love relationship with God. That is it. That is the bottom problem. Every infidelity in marriage starts as a man or a woman becomes an infidel to God in a relationship. 
So this is the background. Marriage is for life. It is till death. And it says, if a man is caught with another man, that is adultery. As long as your husband lives, your marriage exists. So it is better you don't enter into marriage rather than enter and divorce and find another man, which is the norm today. It is against the plan and the purpose of God. And I just say to people, this is my own stand on marriage. You may have your stand. People may say, well, divorce is permissible, blah, 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 blah. For me, divorce is not an option. It is not permissible. My marriage to my husband, it is still dead. And God, who has brought us together in union, is able to help us, to sustain us through the thick and the things of marriage. And we have been through a lot as husband and wife. Me that is talking to you today, if you had that I've packed my stuff out of my matrimony and moved on, and you come and see the situation that I'm in, you will actually justify me that, no, let's, let's throw a salute to her. She tried. May I can never do that while I stand upon the word of God. And I know marriage goes beyond me. It is a platform upon which God is beautifying himself. God is glorifying himself. I am seeing my marriage as a jewel. And I'm praying that you will see your marriage from that perspective. It is a union between you and your husband and it is still dead. Maybe yours is going through turbulence now. Maybe yours is going through difficulty. Maybe divorce is in the loom concerning your marriage. Why not seek help? Why not speak to someone? Why not make sure you are not suffering in silence and cry out and let's see how the Lord will help. And I'm praying that your marriage will continue to fulfill the plan, the definition of God for marriage. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me to the end of this first season of our Marriage Matters podcast season. I'm praying that whatsoever you've taken from this series, you will make a good use of it. So we started season one, what is marriage? And we've looked at marriage is great mystery. Marriage is God's idea. Marriage is the union of one man and one woman till death. And yesterday we saw that marriage is a platform to display the Trinity. Just as in the beginning, God said, come, let us make man. So as we round up today, we want to look at marriage as the first and only institution God committed the governing of the world to. The governing of the old world was committed unto marriage. And again, we go back to the scripture we read yesterday, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. And again, I read verse 26 then god said let us make man in our image according to our likeness let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth maybe i should read to verse 30. so god created man in his own image in the image of god he created him male and female he created them then god blessed them God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb 
thy yeast seed which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yeast seed to you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. So do you see? It was married that God first committed the whole earth unto. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Then let them have dominion over the face of the earth. The earth was committed to a man and a woman in marriage. Do you see your marriage from this perspective? That actually your marriage is a gift. Your marriage is a trust. Your marriage is to display the trinity. Your marriage is to occupy for the Lord till he comes. A Christian marriage is to enforce God's plan here on earth. God committed the governing of the whole world, of the whole earth, unto a man and a woman in marriage. Such is the trust, such is the love that God has for married couples. So in these days that sometimes we say, well, the wife is the woe of man. Well, if only the woman never married, she would have been much, much better. That was never the plan of God. Marriage is to help us grow the more to be like Jesus, to continually uphold the plan and the purpose of God in our time and in our generation. The governing or the administration of the earth was committed into marriage. And it is my prayer as I finish this short talk that your marriage will indeed be restored in case yours is already distorted maybe there is violence there is domestic abuse or any form of abuse in your marriage maybe love has gone sour in your marriage maybe your marriage is just there just one of those things but it is my prayer that as the woman in the marriage the Lord will give you wisdom to first seek him in the place of prayer and look through the word God stands on marriage and that your marriage will begin indeed to be that place again where God can commit his plan, commit his vision, commit his purpose unto. Hence the reason why you see that many of us we struggle with the biblical upbringing of our children because we their parents, we ourselves, we have removed ourselves from being God's children. So how do we raise godly children? God commits children into the homes of godly people so that in turn they can raise godly children. The governing, the rulership, the administration of the whole earth was committed unto marriage. And it is my prayer that when God takes stock of earthly marriages, marriage is only here on earth anyway, that your marriage will not be found wanting, that your marriage would have carried out the mind of God, the plan of God, the desire of God to rule, to govern, to administer this world through marriage. Amen. Welcome back again to the Women in Revival podcast and to this new season of podcast, Marriage Matters. 
We started season one, what is marriage? And we have looked at the fact that marriage is great ministry. Marriage is God's idea. And today we are going to look at what again is marriage. Marriage is the union of one man and one woman till death. And if you have missed any of these episodes, do go back to our website, okofrighteousness.co.uk. And if there's any need to contact us, the number is plus four four seven nine four four three nine eight four one five. And you can also contact us via our website. So let us go today and look at marriage is the union of one man and one woman till death. Sometimes when I'm doing marriage counseling, this is what I say to intending couples. I don't do marriage counseling to tell you, um, you know, the seven steps or this. Let's go back to the basis. So we are saying that God's intention for marriage is that it's a man and a woman and it is a union till death. So first and foremost, again, let me quickly tell you the meaning of union. The Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary says union is the act of joining two or more things into one and thus forming a compound body or a mixture. Another one, it says it is the coalition things thus united. Another definition says union is concord, that is it is agreement and conjunction of mind. Are you saying marriage is concord, it is the agreement and conjunction of two minds that becomes one, of, of will, of affection or interest. I don't know whether you are saying, and it gives an example here, happy is the family where perfect union subsists between all its members. Then it goes on and says, union is the junction or united existence of spirit and matter as the union of soul and body. It also says, and it says in architecture, harmony between the colors in the materials of a building. I don't know whether you are getting this. I see why Psalm 133 says how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. So marriage is the union between a man and his wife. It is the unity of a man and his wife till death. And the last one that I want to touch on is, it says union is states united. So union is two people coming together to form one till death. Marriage is not meant to be a seasonal thing. That a man picks a woman today and another couple of months or years, they've dumped each other and move on and say, well, I found another partner. That is never God's intention for marriage. Remember we said yesterday that marriage is God's idea. Let's stop listening to philosophers, to therapists, that have distorted God's view of marriage. Let us go back to God's plan right from the beginning. So let's go to the book of Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 and verse 24. So Genesis 2, 18 says, from the New King James, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So if you look at what I have read, it was God who said, again, it is the idea of God. And God said, man being alone is not good. God wasn't saying man wasn't good, but it was the aloneness that God addressed. And God said, okay, 
since it is in our mind to make man male and female and we brought the male version now let's bring in the female version so the female version was brought here in Genesis chapter 2 and if you look at it the Bible says it is not good that man should be alone I will make a I want you to look at that article I will make him a that is single I will make him a helper not I am going to make him many helpers so marriage is not meant to be a polygamous thing marriage is mono it's a man and a woman and also marriage is a union between two opposite gender a male and a female not a male and male or a female and female the biblical definition of marriage is the union between a biological male and a biological female now i will move to genesis chapter 2 verse 24 when we add topics like this there is always a response from various people but the truth needs to be told so genesis chapter 2 verse 24 now says therefore a man shall leave his father how many people a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined and become in union to his wife not wives i don't know whether you are saying marriage is a relationship between a man and a woman it is the union of a man and a woman and then romans chapter 7 verse 2 and 3 says but the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives but if the husband dies she is released from the law of her husband so then if while her husband lives she marries another man she will be called an adulteress but if her husband dies she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress though she has married another man i don't know whether you are seeing this sometimes people call but jesus said if there is sexual immorality jesus said but if you go back and look at other translations and look at the nature of things in Jewish culture then a woman that is betrothed to a spouse is married so to say until the marriage day but if the woman was found with any form of infidelity the man has the right to leave the woman because the legal joining hasn't happened after the wife is betrothed to the man the man goes back and get himself ready to come for the wedding day so in between the betrothing period and the marriage time if the woman is caught right with another man the man has a right to let her go because they haven't fully married and to be honest let's assume that you are even married and there is a case of immorality of infidelity between you and your husband the bible says love covers a multitude of sin so where there is love divorce ought not to be there where there is love domestic violence ought not to be there and i think it's not even the love for each other a marriage where there is violence where there is domestic abuse a marriage where the individual involved are no longer in a love relationship with god that is it that is the bottom problem every infidelity in marriage starts as a man or a woman becomes an infidel to god in a relationship so this is the background marriage is for life it is still death and it says if a man is caught with another man that is adultery 
as long as your husband lives, your marriage exists. So it is better you don't enter into marriage rather than enter and divorce and find another man, which is the norm today. It is against the plan and the purpose of God. And I just say to people, this is my own stand on marriage. You may have your stand. People may say, well, divorce is permissible, blah, 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 blah. For me, divorce is not an option. It is not permissible. My marriage to my husband, it is still dead. And God, who has brought us together in union, is able to help us, to sustain us through the thick and the things of marriage. And we have been through a lot as husband and wife. Me that is talking to you today, if you had and have packed my stuff out of my matrimony and moon, and you come and see the situation that I'm in, you will actually justify me that no, let's let's throw a salute to her. She tried. May I can never do that while I stand upon the word of God. And I know marriage goes beyond me. It is a platform upon which God is beautifying himself. God is glorifying himself. I am seeing my marriage as a jewel. And I'm praying that you will see your marriage from that perspective. It is a union between you and your husband and it is still dead. Maybe yours is going through turbulence now. Maybe yours is going through difficulty. Maybe divorce is in the loom concerning your marriage. Why not seek help? Why not speak to someone? Why not make sure you are not suffering in silence and cry out and let's see how the Lord will end. And I'm praying that your marriage will continue to fulfill the plan, the definition of God for marriage. Amen.